Hey everybody, welcome to Regardless, You've Got This. I'm your host, Skylar Sorkin. Say hello to the syllabus for your 20-something soul. The syllabus you never received in college is finally making an appearance. This podcast will inspire you to create your very own 20-something syllabus, ultimately guiding you towards your sole purpose regardless of self-doubt and what others think. Alrighty, let's just get to work. Welcome back to Regardless, the syllabus for evolving into your future self made for 20-somethings and beyond. I am your host, Skylar Sorkin. I am so thrilled for today's conversation and our guest speaker, Drea Murphy. Fertility, hormones, and women's health have really been on my mind lately as they're incredibly relevant in today's media, especially for those in our mid to late 20s, 30s, and beyond. With that being said, it is my absolute honor to introduce you all to Drea Murphy, who is a founder, wellness expert, and brand builder. Drea began her career in the fashion industry, working with renowned names like Calvin Klein, Ralph Lauren, and Topshop. Fast forward to 10 years, and now she is the founder and CEO of Elise Collective, a creative marketing company, as well as the founder of Bydria, a shoppable lifestyle site created by Drea, featuring the best products in wellness and lifestyle. Drea, welcome to Regardless. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. So excited to be here. So let's just dive right in, Drea. I know that you moved from San Francisco to New York literally right after college, knowing only like one person. And since then, you've really created this diverse and successful career for yourself. I mean, working from Google to One Hotels to Nordstrom's and now specializing in creating wellness activations for luxury spaces like Soho House and Casa Cipriani, which I've been to in New York, and it's literally insane. Could you please share with us how each of these positions from your early 20s to now have really shaped who you are? Absolutely. And I want to tell a little story because um, I was just recently doing an interview and it kind of brought up some stuff from my past. Mm. And I feel like it's, especially in this time right now, I think it's really relevant with just layoffs and a lot of things going on just in the industry and the market. But like you said, I moved to New York City. I knew one person. I moved from across the country. I grew yep. up in California, San Francisco proper, and went to Santa Clara University, which is also on the West Coast, yep. not far from where I grew up. And I remember the summer before I graduated college, I moved out to New York to intern. And mm-hmm. I interned at Giorgio Armani and Bottega Veneta in public relations. And I remember I was like, I found this apartment. I'm going to sublet this room from a friend of a friend. Like my dad's like, what? Like, I'm going to go yeah. with you, like see the situation. Um, and it ended up, I mean, a story for another time, it ended up being on um, King Street in New York City, which ended up being where I had my first apartment. Um, so many memories there. But fast forward to working in in PR, I started at an agency and was a freelancer right before Fashion Week and got my feet wet, like kind of in that world. And then went on to Calvin Klein as a PR assistant and really kept going in that kind of trajectory where it came from 
where I went to Ralph Lauren and then Topshop. So still like fashion PR, learning all the different things. And when I was at Topshop, it was when they were at their prime and mm. doing all the digital yep. initiatives. And that's really where I got kind of way more interested in the digital world. And I went to, from there, I, I made a little bit of a risky move looking back, going to a startup, mm. but I really was interested in the tech space and ended up working for a fashion tech startup for about a little over a year and a half. And one day I walked into work and they were like, this is everyone's last day. Out of the blue, wow. you know, they had VC funding, et cetera. And this happens all the time in the startup world. But I tell this story because I was so naive to it. Yeah. And I was so like shocked and took it personally and was like devastated because I like really drank the Kool-Aid, believed mm -hmm. in the product, built a team, et cetera. And from there is where Elise Collective, my marketing company, really came from. Mm. And I think getting laid off, laid off obviously is not ideal and it's hard and financially it's a burden, but it gave me a chance to take a step back and really look at what do I want to do? Mm. What do I like to do? And it was summer and yeah. I had a project already in place for the company I just got laid off at, at the surf lodge in Montauk. And I did the, I did the event anyways, cause it was all my contacts. And from there really led to me consulting for the surf lodge for the summer. Mm. And that opportunity, of course, allowed me to meet more people and network and go from there. And really that summer is when I decided to start my own thing. Wow. <laughs> and I can't stress enough. I had no idea what that meant. Um, yeah. and it was eight or nine years ago. It wasn't glamorized to be an entrepreneur. It wasn't, there wasn't all these consultants everywhere. There was really no playbook. And I kind of just went for it. <laughs> I had I mentors I had at the time. And I really wanted to build something that I obviously was really proud of, but also mm. I was really excited and passionate about. Mm. So my ethos became really around things, places, people that I believed in. Mm. And that kind of is where wellness really comes mm. into play. At the time, wellness wasn't this huge trend. It was just kind of a little bit up and coming. But Especially I was like, in New York. Yes. I mean, absolutely. even now I go and it's so hard to access like I don't, of course you guys have kombucha, but it's a completely different world than what I, we're exposed to in LA. I mean, it's oh yeah, LA very like, different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't only imagine your experience like eight or nine years ago, starting that from the ground up. Yeah. I mean, it was an exciting time. I obviously had no idea what even that, what I was doing really. Yeah. But you kind of, you figure it out. You ask for help mm. and you kind of just see where it goes. And that's really what I did. And I'm really grateful that I stuck to my guns when it came to like the ethos of like what type of clients I would bring on mm. because I had been in the big agency worlds and brands sign on every three, four months, an assistant is put on the account and I didn't want to have that like turnover, mm. which has led me to have clients for five plus years. But that's kind of how Elise Collective started, how I started my career. And I think it's important to really share the story of being laid off and, mm. and how that led to something positive. Because at the time I was devastated. I was devastated. I didn't know what I was going to do. And you figure it out. Everything works out, even though that's like so cliche to say, but if that happens to anyone, just taking the time to really sit with yourself and see what ultimately you enjoy doing.
I love that. I think that's such an important message to share because I think especially on social media, we look at entrepreneurs, self-starters, people that are successful, and it's so easy for us to compare and be like, oh my gosh, well, they have everything. They they were just lucky or we make all these assumptions about their success. But when in reality, we don't see what was before their success. And I right. think each of us, we all have a regardless story. And your regardless story in, in one aspect of your life was regardless of being laid off, this is an opportunity for me to look inward, sit with that experience, sit with the grief of losing this job, and then allowing this to give me space to think about my values, what it is, what is it that I really love doing. And I think also another note, which is really cool, which I can relate to is working in agency world and also myself being in sales, I get to meet so many different types of people. And just because you're drinking the Kool-Aid and you're working for one company doesn't mean that one day, all of that that you've built there will actually fuel your next project, your next mission, your next deal, whatever it is, a relationship, even in your personal life. So what you did really with creating Elise Collective, that was ultimately fueled by getting laid off, and the connections that you made in your previous jobs. And so that story is so beautiful. And I think everyone listening, like that just goes to show things always happen for a reason, even when it feels shitty. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And nothing is, nothing is, what's the saying? Nothing is per- permanent or something? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Friday brain. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Everything is temporary. Yeah. Everything yeah, is temporary. Yeah. That is what I wanted to say. Um, so true. You really Life to- is so precious. So yeah. kind of transitioning from really your career. Well, this, this is still tied into your career, but I would love to understand more. I know you're extremely passionate about wellness, especially in women's health. And speaking from your life experience as a working professional woman, which is a beast, like just in itself, what that means, what that represents, how that affects your mental health and physical health. You have tons of responsibilities. I mean, you own your own agency. With all of this as context, how do you personally define wellness? So my definition of wellness has definitely changed over the years as Mm -hmm. I've gotten older. And I think as the industry has gotten just oversaturated. And I almost don't even like the word wellness, but for me, wellness is being internally happy. Mm. And I think that's a daily practice. And I think your mental well-being is number one. And I think if you're not really taking care and taking the time to work on your mental health, then the rest is pointless. You can get all the facials. Um, drink all the green juice and go to all the trendy workouts. But if you're not taking care of your mental health and whatever that means for you, for me, I think therapy has been Mm. instrumental to taking care of my mental health. I think moving my body is instrumental Mm -hmm. to taking care of my mental health. Those would be two things that I think are Mm non-negotiables. Prioritizing my sleep is is a non-negotiable as well. Yep when it comes to taking care of my mental health. And I think, I think ultimately that is 
what wellness is all about. The other stuff is more like frosting on top. Mm, This is so interesting. I couldn't relate more. And especially in our world and you owning your own marketing company, you get influencers. I mean, this is your world. This is my world. I'm an account executive at the largest influencer marketing company in the world. So this is what I do on a daily basis. And as women in this generation, it's like we see all these influencers going to these like trendy workout events and drinking the juices, what I eat in the day, all these things. And there's something beautiful about your mental and physical health being sacred. I think there's power in waking up, maybe moving your body, maybe not for me. It's a non-negotiable and and that may change day to day, but knowing that you don't have to share it for it to count. Absolutely. You know? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's so interesting. Yeah. You don't have to share it for it to count. I love no. that. That's so true. But I also think it's important to share the things that aren't going well. And hundred. I think I try to be really transparent on my social Mm. media because obviously I get both sides. I work in both sides. I am my own person. Um, But I think it's so easy to get caught up in all of that. And Instagram and social media, they're highlight reels. Mm. And people need to be reminded of that almost daily Mm. because it's not really what's going on. No. And I think it's it's okay to not be okay. And I think more people, and I think more people now than ever are speaking about it, but which I love because I think for so long, mental health medications for mental health, like all of that was very much stigmatized. Yeah. And so I think breaking that down is so, so important. And so I try to speak about that when it feels authentic to me, Mm. because I think it's very obvious when it's not to other people and they're just kind of speaking about it to speak about it. Speak about it. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's cool though. I think that now, because there's so much content out there and I hopefully in my, I guess, at least the people that I follow, because I'm pretty, I have a lot of rules for myself because I know what affects me negatively on social media. So I make sure that like I control my network so that it inspires me and I feel good after looking at content. Of course, there are some things that do trigger me, but I mean, I think there's a lot of niche creators that are creating like very educational and real content, like sharing the ins and outs of their journey, what their day looked like in terms of being like real about what's showing up. And I think I am seeing more of that, but we do see a lot of just frosting. Which is a great way of putting it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So Drea, when like, was there a specific aha moment or experience that kind of brought you to recognize the power of wellness? Like, how did you start to embody this both in your professional and personal life? I know you mentioned therapy, but was there one like defining moment that was like, whoa, wellness is a one. And without that, I couldn't even have a lease collective. So I don't know if there was one aha moment, but taking care of myself physically had always been 
part of my life. So I was an athlete or I am an athlete, played sports and growing up. And I think I got more in tune with taking care of the mental side Mm -hmm. more towards the end of college. And I think mirroring those two really came together probably around the same time as Elise Collective was starting. And, and that is kind of where, where I kind of really took a look at, at wellness. But I also think wellness as a business and wellness personally are very different. Mm-hmm. And I have to sometimes remind myself to separate that because when you're working in it, that's, you're not necessarily enjoying it the same way as you would mm-hmm. personally. And although I'm so grateful that I get to try so many new things, speak to experts, experience new services, but that's also work. And so yep. it's different than just going in somewhere. You don't know anyone. You're just there to enjoy. And so carving out time to really do things on my own is really important and something I've only now really prioritizing and recognizing because as an entrepreneur, you're hustling 24 seven and it's very hard for me to turn off. I know before we started this podcast, we were talking about the summer and every summer my business has grown and I've benefited from being out in the Hamptons. And Mm. at the end of each summer, I, in the past, I've kind of like, wait, did I, did I have any downtime? Did I have any real time where I shut off? Mm. And the answer has usually been no. And so only in the last couple of years, I've really made a priority to kind of turn off and it's hard work and play in my industry and in my world is so intertwined, which can be so amazing. (laughs) It can be so amazing, Um, but it's also challenging. Oh my goodness, girl, you're speaking my language. It's like (laughs) how, no, I get it. I'm in sales. And so I'm whining and dining all the time. And also it's like, that energy to communicate, to talk, to go out, even if you're drinking wine with a friend or being out to me, like, and probably to you, that it still means your energy is on. And that is on all the time because when you're at work and then after work, if you're going straight to that, it's like, when am I actually resting my body? And so this is something as a 25 year old Drea, like it's really challenging for me to take care like this is so sad but like to take care of myself like how do you, how to turn off like how do you how are you doing that well you are ahead of me because you are recognizing it you are realizing that something needs to shift and i think that is what i didn't realize for so long mm-hmm. and so good job <laughs> thank you <laughs> um, but it's now um it, it it's it's still a challenge for me. So I don't think it ever goes away because it's like when you have that type of personality and you are ambitious and you Mm. do want to make sure that you're doing the best job and getting ahead and all the things, you have to actively look at your calendar and block off nights for yourself. And actual Mm. nights that you aren't doing anything Mm. and not nights when you're exhausted from being out for six days straight, yeah. constructive, right? You're just kind of like, you need those nights too, but just some active rest. And what I mean by that is feeling good about doing something for your body and your mind without all of that kind of like work stress. Yep. I also think 
looking at things like you were talking about whining and dining, you got to compartmentalize. Mm -hmm. And that is such a challenge for me as well. Cause like, like I said, everything intertwines so much. So if you're able to compartmentalize a little bit better on, okay, this is work and this is a work dinner. Once it's done, it's done. And I'm going to go, even if it's like, I'm going to go sit on my couch and watch Bravo and go now, like, that's okay. You also have to like, let yourself be okay with that by doing it. Let yourself be okay with doing nothing. I, oh boy, I'm so hard on myself because I think when I do have free time, I should be doing all the things, right? Mm -hmm. Working out, organizing, like getting ahead, but like your body needs rest and your mind needs rest. Mm. So true. And this is really interesting because especially as entrepreneurs, self-starters, go-getters, women who just kind of want the world and like we believe in ourselves and what we're capable of, there's always this voice that's like, do better, go do this. You always have to be on because it's like almost habitual. And I think there's another aspect of like FOMO, but in work where it's like, oh my gosh, if I say no to this dinner, if I say no to this event, then I'm missing out on an opportunity to get me to that point in my career. Especially like I feel that in sales and just obviously being in this industry. How do you navigate that? (laughs) It's tough, but to be honest, now it's it's about if I'm not feeling my best, Mm going to these things is not going to be beneficial. Mm. If I'm drained and just not on my game and exhausted and haven't prioritized any sort of movement, going to these things is just, it's not going to be beneficial. No. And you really have to learn to put yourself first and not in a selfish way, but putting yourself first to feel good. Mm. I think for so many years, I had that exact same mentality mm-hmm. and I did not slow down. And inherently I don't like to slow down. Like it's, yeah. I have to, like, I love to do the most and I don't know how to stop. I recently just went through a very unfortunate injury mm-hmm. and it took me a long time to recover. And it was like, is this, is this the world telling me to slow down in a <laughs> unfortunate circumstance? Yep. And I think it was really, a long, long exercise for me to, to kind of listen to my body. I think we don't listen to our bodies enough and they're telling us what, what we need and it comes out in other ways. So if you're not going to prioritize it now, it's just going to get worse and your immune system is going to go down. Mm. What's going to come out in your skin and in your hair and your mood. And so I think it always is going to catch up to you. (laughs) So listening to your body is so, so important. Amen. I so feel that there's been so many times where I haven't listened to my body as well. And either my immune system gets depleted or an injury happens. And then it's like, because you pushed yourself for weeks going to the gym when you weren't feeling your best, now it's energy feeds off of energy. It's become so much more worse. And now you can't exercise for like three months. Right. So it's just like the universe knocking at our front door being like, slow the fuck down or else we're going to slow it down for you. Like my dad always says, slow down to speed up. And that is something I have to remind myself every single day. Yeah, it's it's a work in progress. It's really hard. It is. And And you're a worker. Yes. You're like, girl, that is not... (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it's like, it's hard. You have to actively block your calendar. Or I, I like hats off to you. I mean, I was this close to moving to New York and people always are like, I can't believe you don't live in New York. And I was so excited because I was about to move. And I don't know. I just had a moment where I'm like, maybe it's just not the right timing for me because I feel like it just must be so difficult to be mindful there. So you are, I mean, you're like a godsend there. That's freaking amazing that you're, you're practicing this. Yes, I have to at this point. I really have to. (laughs) So Drea, your wellness journey has been featured in Forbes. And you courageously opened up about your experience of freezing your eggs on the Well and Good podcast, which is amazing and awe-inspiring. As a 25-year-old, knowing that you shared your health and fertility journey on Forbes and in certain podcasts, it really inspires me to ask you some questions that have been on my mind lately as I enter my late 20s and just I've been really contemplating what women's health means to me as well as really sustainability. So exactly what we were just saying about pushing ourselves when we're not feeling strong or capable and then like my immune system gets depleted. I feel like all of these aspects are me like not tuning into what my body is telling me. And even circumstances of women, there's a possibility of us losing our periods if we're overworking out or restricting. And so I think all in all, there's tons of distractions, activities, mindsets, and triggers that make it extremely hard for us to really prioritize our well-being. Could you please share a little bit more about really what women's health and fertility means to you? And like, when did this become really apparent either in your late twenties or um, really wherever you are right now in life? So I think obviously this, the, the industry of women's health and fertility is obviously yeah. it's a long way. I don't think when I was your age, I even really heard much about egg freezing. Wow. Yeah. Um, unless you really like were digging and My journey to freeze my eggs wasn't so complicated in the sense that I always, I know I want a family no matter what. And so it was kind of a, just when am I going to do this type of conversation? But I think I shied away from it for so many years because I didn't know much about it. And that is such a stupid way of thinking. Mm. And I think because, and I think a lot of women do this because what's the unknown, you hear random stories, you don't really know what it's about and you just don't want to deal with it. Mm. And I think we need to be doing the opposite Mm. because knowledge is power and information is power. And my only regret is not doing it sooner. I was so fortunate that I had such a great experience and outcome, but I think why not get all the information sooner and just set yourself up for success? There's so much out there that you can do when it comes to a simple blood test and ultrasound. Mm -hmm. And a fertility specialist can really tell you your optimal time to do this. Wow. Um, And I will never forget going into spring fertility, which I am the biggest fan of. What is it called? Spring? Spring fertility. Mm -hmm. So they're in the Bay Area and then in New York City. Wow. Um, and I mean, 
15 out of 10, like, wasn't, to be honest, I wasn't planning on necessarily sharing my experience on social media. And then I went through it all and I filmed clips just for myself throughout the journey. And once I went through it and realized so many things I didn't know going into it that I wish I knew Mm. that even other women didn't really tell me the real story. I think there's still a stigma between not sharing how bad it could be or just the, the not so glamorous for lack of a better word parts. And I wanted to debunk that. I wanted to share the good and the bad. And my journey was tough. If I didn't have a, a clinic like Spring Fertility, I'm not sure what I would have done mentally, let alone physically. But my first appointment, I ended up finding out that I had PCOS. And I feel like- What is PCOS, if you don't mind sharing? Polycystic ovarian syndrome. Oh, oh, okay. And it's very common, but it's not talked about. And it's only now being talked about. Like there's businesses forming of kind of resources. And a lot of the signs of PCOS are physical, but there's a lot that aren't the amount of- high egg count can mean mm. PCOS, which doesn't equate to actual viable eggs that you can freeze. So it's interesting. Yeah. But you can find it out by blood tests and ultrasound. But ultimately my doctor, Dr. Fisher, who I spoke with on the Well and Good podcast and on p- several panels in New York city, she was just my angel, but also like took me through the entire process and really held my hand. I mean, what spring fertility does is so incredible when it comes to like putting together a care team for you. Mm. And one thing I do want to talk about is only because recently I was at a wedding and a girlfriend of mine was like, I really want to do this, but I just don't have the money for it right now. And like my insurance, my business, my uh, work doesn't pay for it. And what spring fertility does is they have a payment plan for you uh, that takes 0% interest. Okay. Like I was, I was in shock. It was just like an equinox. And I'm like, why are not more places doing this? And so that on top of just having the care and the resources made my entire process Mm. so much better, but it's such a personal process. It is so, so different for everyone. So I, on by Drea, I have all these resources and everything that I needed as well as my story, just because like I said, in the beginning, knowledge is power. And I think absolutely more that women share their experiences around this, the less it's scary and we can help each other. That's absolutely the The true definition of sisterhood and, and sharing our stories. And I love what you said as knowledge is power. Drea, I'm curious if, if you don't mind sharing what was the catalyst to you freezing your eggs? I mean, I think this is something that women, I mean, we talk about, but it's not, I don't see it all over social media at all, but just like our, the concept of biological clocks as, as women, like, especially as professional women who are entrepreneurs and we're extremely passionate about our career. Like I get stressed about Will I have enough time to start my own company, make enough money to then, of course, raise a family? And when will I have time? And when will be the time that I 
create my family. And then before I met my boyfriend, who I'm very serious about, which was recent, I was like, I have to find obviously a man to reproduce with. And it's like all of these things I feel like have to happen in a window. So I would love to hear like, what was your personal journey with this concept of a biological clock? And did that play into your decision of freezing your eggs? So first of all, you have so much time. It's insane. Okay. <laughs> I don't think you need to worry. <laughs> Second of all, I mean, the whole reason you freeze your eggs is so you aren't on a stressed. Time. Yeah. Aren't stressed. I think it's, I have so much I want to do and mm. the right. I haven't met the right person yet. No. And there's no rush. Mm. I mean, there's also no use in freaking out over it. I'm not going to sit here and say I haven't freaked out in the past or have moments, but women have a family and children later than ever before. Mm -hmm. And the technology that is out there is only getting better and it's incredible. Mm -hmm. And we have so much time that Mm -hmm. I think it's just society that puts pressure on this timeline. Freezing your eggs is an insurance policy. And regardless of if or when I use them, it's there. And I think Mm -hmm. that just gives you so much peace of mind, but it also puts you into control, right? You, we want to be in control of our future and fertility. And I think taking more control over our bodies is is really important. And there's so many resources out there to, and so many ways to have a family these days. Yeah. So I, I think thinking about it that way and being stressed is just a waste of energy, a waste yeah. of time really things will fall in place. Mm. Um, And I think there's a lot of times that if you, I've seen friends in the past, like have that mentality and then end up settling and are not happy. And I think the clearer I get as I work on my mental health every single day is what makes me happy, what I will put up with, what is my self-worth, what I deserve. And if someone doesn't line up with all of that, then it's not, it, yeah. it it's not right. So there's no way, there's no reason to push it. And I think too many people settle because of that pressure. Thank you for sharing. And the reason why I asked that question is because I hear this a lot amongst my friends of, freaking out and really ourselves getting in our own way in this idea of self-centered fear. I'm scared if this doesn't work out because that means that I won't be able to have a family and the fear just starts to create more fear. And of course, like the fear of the unknown, but hearing your story and knowing how successful you have been thus far and just the power and believing in divine timing. And I remember one of my close friends Whenever I was like either heartbroken or going through a really hard time, especially in my love life or relationships, she always told me, Sky, this moment of growth of you being able to work on yourself, do the inner work, aren't you like, wouldn't you rather meet your person a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, when you've done all that work and he's matching you at that level, 
Like that's game changing versus settling because of self-centered fear and fear of timeline and the biological clock and society. So that is exactly what reminded me of what my friend has been telling me. And thank you for just being the woman to reassure that. Absolutely. I think it's only going to hurt you in the long run. And your relationship with yourself is number one. And if you don't put it first, it's only going to come back to bite you in the ass, honestly. (laughs) And it's kind of like a constant reminder because even looking at just life in general and the numerous cycles, especially as women, I mean, each month that we physically and mentally go through, I mean, we think about the fertility process to then pregnancy and then also periods and then menopause. Like, I think these are constant reminders that we have to ask ourselves, how can I be kind to myself? How can I prioritize wellness? What does sustainability mean to me? And I think what you're practicing now in your every day is something that's going to follow you without throughout every life cycle as a woman in life. Yeah. I mean, I think you just really need to get in tune with yourself as number one, create some small practices that you can do daily or weekly. I think back to the whole overarching theme of wellness is people can get really overwhelmed. There's so much out there. I talk a lot about doing one thing in the morning Mm -hmm. to set yourself up for success. I think it's overwhelming to, to see and hear people. I work out and then I meditate and then I make a celery juice and then I make a matcha and then I journal. And it's like, pick one thing, pick yeah, one who's thing, time for all of that. <laughs> one thing in the morning that you feel like doing, that's going to set you up for success. Sometimes I journal for five minutes and that isn't enough. Sometimes I just sit with my matcha and play with my dog. And that is enough. So I think it's putting together these small practices and really having gratitude for them and being able to take that time, whether it's five minutes or 20 minutes to really sit with yourself. Because sitting with yourself is not always comfortable. It's usually uncomfortable, but that is where the real work begins. And that is where you're going to get just more in tune with yourself. It's beautiful. Drea, I cannot believe we were like at the end of today's episode. I feel like we literally have been talking for one minute. So I'm going to introduce you to Syllabus Steps, which is just the conclusion of today's episode. And this is where we summarize all of your valuable insights shared by the beautiful superhuman and how we can incorporate that into our daily lives. So Drea, Any resources that you can share with us, whether it's books, podcasts, activities that have been really instrumental into you prioritizing your mental health, physical health, fertility, and overall well-being as a woman, regardless of external factors like pressure from society, judgment, self-comparison, and even infertility. So I really, because we didn't get to talk about Baidria at all, and why I started it was to have a place where Mm -hmm. everything I've learned being in the industry for 10, 13 years within wellness and lifestyle, I have made a beautiful lifestyle site to share that all. And the whole premise of it is really the best of the best. So I'm not Mm -hmm. giving you 10 serums. I'm giving you one that I, one or two. I'm giving you my fertility journey and all the resources and podcasts and different codes and places that I went 
I'm giving you my favorite restaurants and spots in the Hamptons. So it's really a place where I hope you can discover and enjoy. Yeah. There's there's niche brands there that I feel privileged that I get to try all these new things. So I want to really test out things and tell you what's worth it because mm. again, this industry is overwhelming. There's mm. 10 new brands every single day on the market. So really that is what I'm trying to do with Bydria is really give you guys a place to go to like discover. And I'm very particular and it's, I've gotten told that we want more, we want more, but it, it the whole premise of it is less is more because yep. there is so much noise. So we have a newsletter now and once a week we update different I'm giving you edits. So wow. would love for you to check it out and um, pass it on to someone. I will absolutely include this link in my show notes and throughout my entire social media, every single link. This is beautiful. Thank you. I think, again, there's so much noise out there and just having a place where women can go to and be like, we trust Rhea. We love her. And just giving us the lowdown, like say less. Exactly. There's so much hashtag sponsored things out there. There's, and that's really what I wanted to get away from mm -hmm. obviously. And it's a creative fun outlet for me. I love it. Okay. So that's like a great place for, for followers to go for really all the things to books, to podcasts, products, mindsets, et cetera. Exactly. I love it. The last question for you, Drea, regardless of blank, I am blank. So I think I was thinking about this, regardless yeah. of setbacks, I am resilient. I love it. Um, I think just to add on to that, mm -hmm. because I'm also a little shocked that at your age, you are feeling the pressure to either start a family or just the biological clock. So I just want to stress not to, <laughs> you have so much time and so much life to live and if you want to have a family young, great. But if you don't, you don't have to. I think there are so many options out there mm -hmm. and so many resources. And I can't stress enough that knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. And I think even if you are stressed, going to a fertility clinic like Spring Fertility, getting your AMH levels checked and having a game plan will take that stress away. So don't be afraid to kind of look into it as opposed to mm -hmm. just having it linger in your mind. Absolutely. Without when and how, because I think the more we talk about the options and, and everything that goes into women's health, the better that we are going to be. I love that. And I think it's also just like, not, it's obviously not like an everyday stressor, but when I think about, because I am, I want to set myself up for success and I have so many dreams that I, some of them I haven't even started on. And so when I get into the big picture thinking and I, I want to be a mom one day and that's not going to be for like maybe like six or seven years, but the thought stresses me out. But I think the stress is coming from a lack of knowledge and the unknown of knowing that I actually, as women, we do have so much control. And I love Drea that you are creating a community and a platform and you have a voice to share with 25, 26, 27, 28, even 30 plus year olds that like you are in control and you do have options. And one way is not the right way. There's so many different paths that you can take to still create a family to, and still be healthy and create a healthy family. So exactly. I, I really appreciate you. Drea, right. 
this has been phenomenal. You are brilliant. And I'm just so, so honored that you spent the last 50 minutes with me on Regardless. And I cannot wait to meet you in person in New York. I know. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, These were amazing questions. And I hope everyone passes on the knowledge. Thanks for listening to Regardless. I hope you've learned something from this month's soul conversation and will apply it to your very own syllabus. Join me next month for a new guest, a new tool, and a new perspective. If you found value in this podcast, please empower your tribe by sharing, leaving a comment, review, and or subscribe. Catch new episodes on the second and fourth week of every month on all major audio podcast platforms. For more information about my life and updates about the podcast, head to my Instagram at Skylar Sorkin and at RegardlessThePod. Thank you for tuning into Regardless. Thank you for being vulnerable and talking about the uncomfortable. Now go kick some ass.